Welcome to Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett here with Heartbeat International's president, Jarrell Godsey, and Kristen Hawkins, the president of Students for Life. This episode is brought to you today by the Abortion Pill Rescue Network. Statistics now show that 3,000 lives and counting have been saved by the Abortion Pill Rescue Network. That's 3,000 little ones alive today who wouldn't be here without this life-saving network. Learn more about the Abortion Pill Rescue Network at hbi.life aprn. Darrell, I'll now turn it over to you. Well, it's great to be with you, and I'm really glad to have a friend of mine from, uh, I feel like I run into Kristen at various parts in the in the country, and uh, never where she's at, and never where I'm at normally, but uh, always in different places, but I'm really excited to have Kristen Hawkins now. Kristen is really the driving force behind the launch of Students for Life of America, and the impact on the national scene that it has become. Um, I know she didn't found it, but she really is the one that really took it from a few dozen student groups to what is really a coordinated national team, which we interact with all the time at Heartbeat and are grateful for. And you are working with 1,200 plus students for life chapters in all 50 states or 57, as one of our presidents uh, (laughs) at one point mentioned. And and you've trained over 100,000 young people. And that's one of the most amazing things uh, that I get to watch all the time is is the energy and excitement that the Mm -hmm. students bring, whether it's at the march or it's at the events. I know Mm -hmm. great service that the Students for Life uh, team does for us, like in securing the Supreme Court steps and those kind of things, those kind of background stuff that we really appreciate. But, you know, I I interact uh, with Kristen most often by listening to her podcast, Explicitly Pro-Life, which I would encourage everybody, you can find that on, U- on YouTube or iTunes. But I appreciate that in your bio, you say your proudest accomplishment is being married to your sweetheart, Jonathan, and you have four kids, Gunner, Bear, Maverick, and Gracie, wonderful names, I might add. <laughs> and uh, you also are working uh, hard to build awareness for cystic fibrosis, which both Gunner and Gracie uh, have. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I like to remind Kristen of her when I talk to her every time, and so I'm going to tell you now, again, you're amazing. I don't know how you do it all and how you manage it all. Um, I also, you know, your bio says that you graduated from Bethany College uh, mm-hmm. with a bachelor's in political science. I know yes. you to be a keen student of history, but I think I remember on one of your podcasts, you mentioned that your early desire was to be an astronaut. Is that right? That's right. That is absolutely right. Um, we've been living in Florida for over a month now, and I've been like itching to get back over to Cape Canaveral to see a launch. We got to do that <laughs> last year. Um, but yes, I, I am a dork no matter you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, that was one of my early, early desires as well. So I, I, I just laughed when I heard mm-hmm. that and I said, oh, right, Kristen, I knew I liked you for a whole lot of other reasons and this one as well. <laughs> now, you started early on, um, I, said, I should say early in your kind of pro-life work, you were volunteering at a local pregnancy center. Yes, that's actually how I got started in the pro-life movement. Um, I decided that I wanted to graduate early from high school. And um, I was going to graduate with honors. I was valedictorian. Um, and so I needed to complete uh, volunteer hours. I think it was like 100 volunteer hours. And I sort of made the decision kind of fast. That I was going to skip a year. And um, I, I know my mom, I think, shopped me out to everybody at my church and just <laughs> said, hey, Kristen needs an opportunity. She's got to get 100 volunteer hours in the summer. And uh, a woman at my church was a part-time accountant for a heartbeat pregnancy center uh, in Steubenville, Ohio, AIM Women's Health Center. Um, I think they changed their name, so I don't want to say the wrong one, but it's in Steubenville, Ohio. It's the only mm-hmm. one. Um, and so uh, I didn't really know. The funny thing is I think, you know, I find, I don't know, I look back and like all the things we've done, Students for Life and how I got started in the public movement. And it's really funny because a lot of it was like totally 
unplanned, uh, accidental, I guess you could say, doing without thinking maybe would be another word some people mm-hmm. on my staff might say. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was, it was, oh yeah, I love women. Of course I want to help women. I had no idea what, you know, the pro-life movement was. I knew what abortion was. Um, but, you know, I think I would probably, you know, I was kind of like a mushy middle, movable middle type of uh, person of, I don't like it, but, you know, I kind of want this like one parachute in case or, you know, what if my friend was raped and, and, and there was always this like little exceptions. And so uh, from that first day, though, um, everything changed. You know, my kind of the whole reason I was graduating high school early was to get into Penn State so I can go into aeronautical engineering to work at NASA. And then everything shifted from that first day at the pregnancy center. Wow. So that was a real inflection point for you. It really was. I think, you know, I mean, obviously, young people have a very strong sense of justice. My children obviously have it when they feel like, you know, they've been robbed of some extra thing or spare time, their iPad. Uh, I mean, children, young people have this sense of justice and, you know, this fairness and, you know, sitting down at the pregnancy center. I was very lucky because the women at the center, you know, of course I spent, I put my hours in, I revived old computer and got the computer working so we can make newsletters. I taught the center how to use clip art for the newsletters for the donors. <laughs> I reorganized the supply room. But one of the things I was able to do was actually counsel young girls coming in. They they had that entrusted that with me. And so I spent several weeks, you know, reading and watching every video, you know, every pamphlet, you know, every book I could get my hands on. Um, and it was just, I think, this huge moment of realizing, yeah, it's I kind of know what it is. We talk about it every once in a while, but oh my gosh, 2,363 children are dying every day. And yet really no one ever talks about it. It's like this silent thing. Like my church, I went to a very conservative, uh, non-denominational church. Um, they didn't talk about, we didn't really talk about abortion. Um, you know, I started paying attention to politics. Like, wait a minute, this is a way for that. I could actually save lives beyond working at the center. I could, vote for politicians and leaders who will change our laws. Um, And so it was just, it was very eye-opening for me that, you know, this is happening, yet we're not talking about it. And somebody has to talk about it. So as a pathway really from high school to becoming engaged in the pro-life movement, it went through the pregnancy center. That's that's even more amazing than I knew, uh, Kristen. And you are (laughs) definitely amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I think, and I'm, I'm guessing, early on in kind of the life of students for life that you had was you, you launched a pregnant on campus initiative mm-hmm. and yes. now it, now it goes by the name of stand with you, but that, that seemed like that's a natural outgrowth of that original pregnancy center kind of uh, yes. experience and, and understanding as um, some, some in the pro-life movement don't always understand kind of the distinctions. You know, we have a, we would say compassion arm, you know, the pregnancy yep. help. World. We call it the five pillars at students for life. Right. Okay, go ahead. Name those. What are they? Oh, okay, effective education, industry impact, supportive services, public policy, and rapid response. Wonderful. So you can kind of argue that rapid response is more of a tactic, more than a pillar, but five sounded better. So okay, it bugs like me it. a little bit. <laughs> but we're we're in the supportive services, which of mm-hmm. course is the one of the big things I'm sure you run into. I know you're a rough and tumble gal as far as jumping into debates, willing to debates. You you in fact enjoy it. It seems like uh, uh, you, you invite it. 
<laughs> you invite it because you're, you're just like, you're one is it's your passion and mm-hmm. it's your clarity on the issue. And then of course you're running into, into these arguments that are ridiculous. One of which yeah. that, that people like to often say is, well, who's going to take care of all these children? All you care about is, is uh, babies being birthed or born. And then you, then you leave the scene, but we know and that the pregnancy center movement has been around since for 50 plus years now. And uh, that's a, that's been a stall. I'm like, hello, you've never never met a pro lifer. Let me introduce you to the pro life movement. Clearly, you've <laughs> never right. met us. It, it is. I just want to take my head and like bounce it off the podium when that comes up at every single campus speaking tour. I mean, every time, every mm-hmm. time I speak on campus, I get asked about sexual assault, and I get asked about foster care and adoption form, and I get asked about lack of resources. Like mm-hmm. every time, it doesn't matter if I'm at Harvard or I'm at a community college. Like the questions are the exact same. It, it is shocking how much people truly do not know who we are. Um, I would say, you know, at Students for Life, it definitely is a key part of what we do. If you asked, you know, a random Students for Life leader at, you know, Miami University or wherever you're at in the country, you know, what inspires you to be a part of this movement? Why do you sacrifice your time? You know, are you thinking about a full-time career in the pro-life movement? What would you like to do? Hands down, the majority of time, you're going to hear an answer because I want to help women, because I want to serve. That, that is why, you know, these young people that are, lead these students for life groups dedicate their time. They're willing to endure the discrimination, the vandalization, the threats, all that stuff is for somebody else. And that's that's a real thing on campus. The, there's a lot of marginalization of pro-lifers. Uh, and is that increasing or is that de- decreasing? Um, it depends. You know, word has kind of gotten out on the college campuses that you can't discriminate against students, pro-life students, and we'll sue you and we will win like every time. High schools, mm-hmm. the word has not spread. So we're engaged in a lawsuit right now in Noblesville, Indiana. I mean, it'll be the easiest legal victory we've ever had, but it is shocking what the administration did and said. And like, ref- you know, even after we went to them privately with a letter and said, hey, these are all the cases we've won on this exact, you know, you can't deny a student's right to start a pro-life group. Um, So it's harder on the high schools. Um, I would say it's harder, it has gotten harder in the the Christian private schools. Private Mm. schools, as you all know, we don't have the same rights, free First Amendment rights. We can't, Students for Life can't walk onto a, a, a private school campus and start tabling or have a display like we can um, with a state school. Um, and so it, it's harder, you know, a lot of the Christian schools don't want to discuss abortion. They see it as merely a political issue. Um, and so they are like, we don't do politics. Politics is evil and dirty. Um, therefore we won't talk about abortion. Um, so that, that's definitely an obstacle. Um, we've seen an uptick, you know, as soon as president Trump was elected, we saw an immediate uptick in vandalizations, Mm -hmm. uh, threats of violence in our students. Um, that sadly has continued. It's now morphed our biggest thing that we face in the student leaders face is cyberbullying from teachers, parents, and fellow students. I mean, some of these comments are, I mean, I can't believe people would ever say these things and then also say them in public where they can be screenshotted and shown forever. Um, So cyberbullying's big. I think I I know and I've been preparing our staff as we get ready for the reversal of Roe with the Dobbs case, the the tensions are going to be even more uh, on campuses. It's kind of been it's been less than I thought, but COVID 
with the COVID restrictions and all the things on campuses, some campuses are virtual or partly virtual or, um, so that's kind of caused some of it not to go, be as bad as I thought it would be, but it's going to get, it's going to get very bad. So it's, so in one, some ways it feels like the tide is moving toward us, but those that are on the other side are getting more, really more aggravated, agitated, you know, and, That's right. and, and then, and lashing out more, it seems like more uh, in more ways and more difficult ways. Now, how would you encourage a pregnancy help center director, for instance, uh, with uh, their local high school or their local campus, college, university, if it's one's near them, like what, what can they do to either help the students that are there or to um, help lay groundwork that, that the students can take advantage of? How might, you know, kind of a tactical or strategic approach to that building relationships? Um, you know, I, I think one is find out if there's a students for life group near you in the high school, college, go introduce yourself, obviously. Um, there's a lot that the pregnancy center leaders can help the students with um, because you you all are really providing the resources that we talk about. You know, these students can be your mouthpiece for you on campus, um, but they need to know your story, why you do what you do, you know, how you help women. Um, I think as much as you can communicate to them to go out and be advocates for you on campus, the better. Um, we've seen some really cool partnerships uh, with um, pregnancy centers uh, and students for life groups in the past where sometimes, you know, the group will do a regular tabling display. And this was pre-COVID, uh, but a regular tabling display uh, on campus, giving out pregnancy tests. And it's like, like a little brown bag or, you know, you know, you know, ask me anything about sex table and, and kind of do different things uh, mm -hmm. to get people's attention. But they do it regularly and they regularly also have the pregnancy center with them there, um, nice. which helps get them more exposed to the student body, the people that they're trying to reach. Nice. One of the things that I encourage uh, the centers, central leaders to do is reach out to the groups because they really represent that target demographic. You know, that they, they, they can kind of be a reflection of yeah. the center's branding. You know, we have a lot of discussion about what brands, what names, what, <laughs> what, uh, what, you know, how do we call ourselves? How do we refer to things? How do we advertise? Yes. And the students for life groups can be excellent um, sounding boards for that kind of information. Oh, they love uh, to give their opinions on anything. So yes. <laughs> Especially if you involve pizza, right? That's what I, yes. that's what I say. Hey, invite them over. If you we moved pizza. to Chipotle a while ago. Chipotle is a little bit better for this generation because it, it now accommodates the vegans and got it. The, all the different special diet. I'm just saying, yeah, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, no, we do this all the time as students for life. You know, we, we were putting out a new website and you know, the first question I had was, did we shop this out to our students? And, you know, um, and, and they are very, they are very willing to jump in and give you their opinion and their feedback on things, um, which we all know helps people feel more a part of mm -hmm. your mission. So mm -hmm. that, that obviously helps. And it's more, and it's, it's, it's on the ground kind of tactical information. It's, it's intelligence that you'd have to pay for with a focus group if you were trying to do it from a marketing perspective. So it's a great connection and a great way to build relationship between the local center and the Absolutely. chapter of the Students for Life. And so I would argue sometimes trust the students more than like a local marketing firm. I've gotten burned ourselves at Students for Life where we've done things. I'm like, maybe. And I'll talk to students. They're like, yeah, that was not good. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would trust them over, you know, a marketing firm, you know, that has experience or whatever a lot of times. 
Excellent. Excellent. So the big topic I know that you run into all the time is chemical abortion. Now, yes. Harpy got involved with you guys as far as to producing the series. Uh, this is mm-hmm. chemical abortion. Grateful for the opportunity to work with you and know that this is a huge topic, one that yes. you are speaking to powerfully and constantly. Yeah, this is a topic, um, sadly, that it was not going to be um, coming to an end anytime soon. And with the you know potential reversal of Roe in June with the Dobbs decision, I mean, the abortion industry is, you know, one step ahead. They already are looking forward to the reversal of Roe and they've got their game plan and they've been using COVID to enact it, to test it, to push it through even faster than I think they had originally thought in their own timelines. Um, and they, they really embraced the challenge of COVID uh, and used it to their advantage to end more lives. Um, so this is something that I find myself, like every conversation I have now about abortion, about the state of the pro-life movement, the future of the movement, I always bring it back to chemical abortion. Because to be honest with you, Jarrell, most people do not know. I mean, it kind of reminds me of our fight back uh, in around 2007, 2008, when we first started talking about defunding Planned Parenthood. And a lot of pro-lifers at, you know, pro-life events or Christian conservatives at events I was at would say, well, doesn't Planned Parenthood do some good things? And so we had to do a mass, I mean, you were a part of that. We had the whole Stop Planned Parenthood Coalition and I forget what we called that webcast during the Obamacare, whatever. There was a whole thing, uh, but the the goal was to get the entire pro-life movement talking about the evils of Planned Parenthood and how, you know, you can't can't just do a little bit about, you know, be a little evil. Um, either you're committing evil or you're not. And, you know, should evil organizations, institutions get our tax dollars? Absolutely not. Um, it almost feels like we're at that point where we have to go back to our movement, our churches, uh, people who should be with us uh, and educate. I mean, I have every time I talk and, and I'm for I'm just I'll say it, but every time I've been talking with an evangelical Christian, this comes up. Well, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I still think the morning after pill is okay. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, we weren't talking about the morning after pill. I was talking to you about chemical, you know. And so there's a huge question of what's chemical abortion versus morning after pill. Um, and so we've got to do, you know, we got to educate ourselves first, our base, before we're going to be able to really fight this thing. Sadly, it's true. It's true. And you're right. The other side, we're watching this. This is the abortion numbers are unfortunately turning around, uh, uh, where they were declining for 30, almost 30 years. Now they're starting to turn around, and uh, basically on the backs of of this idea of chemical abortion. Um, and you know, and we see it from the perspective of the abortion pill rescue network, right? So we're seeing the women who are desperate to, to have a different answer than the chemical, than the chemical that they just took that first mifepristone pill. So it's been a very interesting and enlightening environment. And you're right. We didn't know how the abortion industry had already been really investing in this Mm -hmm. and growing it for many years when we took it over, but realize this is their plan. This is their game plan going forward. And uh, it's only a matter of time before Amazon is delivering abortions to doorsteps. uh, And they're they're renaming it. Going back to your earlier point about branding. So, I mean, they realize no one likes the word abortion. Abortion sounds dirty and bad. Uh, So there was an article last summer in the Washington Post, and I just saw another uh, thing that they're running a test on it right now, but they're going to call it the missed period pill. And the idea is to offer the first pill in the cocktail, not the second pill. I mean, there's like this whole thing. And so then you don't actually, and the goal is to encourage women just to have it on hand and you just take it and then Mm -hmm. you don't have to know if you're pregnant. You never have to take a pregnancy. So you didn't have an abortion. You may have an abortion, but you you don't know you had an abortion. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, it's an absolutely 
devious slash brilliant way um, to further expand uh, abortion in our country. Well, and how do we, how do we, how do we have any chance of regulating it? It could be just dropped mm-hmm. in the mail and, and, you know, brought yeah. in from outside the country. And the, that's what our is... lawyers are researching now. Exactly. <laughs> is how, how, you know, can we go to state AGs, for example, can we go to state legislatures and get this to be a controlled substance? Because that's really, you think about the post row strategy. So we, I have like a little map in my head of, you know, what are the States that are going to move to reverse row? Where are fights going to be, you know, you know, the California's New York's mm-hmm. on the other side, because really, you know, we're not going to be focusing on California, New York after row falls. We're going to be focusing on the red States, getting them to ban abortion, give them to severely limit abortion and, and shielding them from all the money that's going to be focused in on their state from the left and from Planned Parenthood. Um, and so one of the questions we have is, you know, how do we get, you know, legislation in place? We're at Students for Life Action. We're working with state legislatures to pass chemical abortion bans. We co-wrote a piece of legislation with Susan B. Anthony List, which is a chemical abortion uh, online ban, not a full ban. So we've got a couple of different approaches we're going to depending on the, the state legislative makeup there. But to pass the laws now, but, you know, then there's questions of, you know, is it a controlled substance? Can we regulate it through a controlled substance law? Like there's there's a couple of different avenues we can go through, but it really hasn't been figured out yet. I mean, we just have we have a full on ban piece of legislation. We have an online ban. We got the online ban. It was signed into law in Montana. Um, and we've had some other states work. I think it's going to pass this spring in a few other states. But um it's a it's a it's a really big deal. You know, I think Christy Nome, she just signed. I mean, it wasn't a great bill, but essentially delays the process, makes her have to go in in person to get the pill and, right. and take the second pill. It's not um, so it's not like a huge victory, but it's a marginal victory. So um, there's a lot of conversation that we need to have about how do we think creatively when Amazon opens up their pharmacy, which I've been told they are going to do. Um, and California starts shipping these drugs to Mississippi and Alabama and Georgia. How do we stop it? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a challenge. So let's talk about this coming year. You, mm. you know, there's a short, you've already kind of keyed into some of that. There's a, mm. I, I feel like we're watching in Texas, some of the dynamics that are in play for us. Uh, we're seeing kind of the short term reality when, uh, you know, the, the Harpy bill took effect in September and, you know, there was this like, like there was this reality in the time. And then, but as time goes on, things will change and strategies and tactics will adjust. What do you see as far as unfolding for the coming year, thinking of Dobbs in June, like from a national, you know, from the national perspective, from the pro-lifers in general perspective, you gave us some tactics that you see as far as blue state legislation. What else do you see unfolding for us in this, uh, in the hope that we have for Dobbs? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you just gave me a good idea for my, another podcast of mine. I was typing a note to my staff. Doral just gave me a great idea. Because um, <laughs> I, I, I need to kind of check in with some of my friends in Texas and say, what's been going on uh, since this law has gone into effect? I think, you know, we're gearing up for Dobbs, the decision that will come down in June. Um, and there's a... we legal analysts and everyone we've spoken to believes it's going to be a victory for us. We don't know mm-hmm. how far... They will go, but it, it could be a very, very good thing. Um, and so, you know, we're focusing very heavily on chemical abortion. Uh, and then the other topic area that we're focusing on is resources. So we started our campaign for abortion-free cities last March, knowing this was coming. Um, 
And, you know, we've had about a year and we're getting ready to really ramp up our spending and what we're doing, working in uh, 20 different cities. We're going door to door uh, every month. Uh, we're spending, you know, thousands of dollars in each city doing uh, mind change ads and awareness ads. Uh, and then we're going to start uh, in March with billboards, bus and all, you know, the full full marketing gamut for three months at a time per city. Um, and really the, the goal of that campaign is, is to not only change minds of those most targeted by abortion, which we're doing on campuses and we're doing with these online ads, um, and also to recruit pro- more pro-lifers, which we're doing through church partnerships and our, our kits. Uh, but, the, but the third and most important was really to make awareness in the mm-hmm. community for the pregnancy help network that is there. Because this is, as I said, this comes up every time. Every time. And we are getting ready to release some polling results at Students for Life for Gen Z and Gen Y, the largest voting block, which we know if young people find out, and j- this applies to all Americans, if all Americans find out all of the resources that the pro-life movement has already had in place, their views on the reversal of Roe, their views of the legality of abortion begin to dramatically change, but they just don't know who we are. And so we've been going door to door in cities. We have a little palm card, a door knocker, and we have a chart of the local pregnancy center services versus uh, the abortion facility. You know, you know, they're all X's except for one thing. Um, we have a phone number, you know, it's this whole thing. We're measuring calls. It's a whole thing. Um, but it's been very, very interesting because Nobody knows these. I was in Denver door knocking and we and we tried to door knock in the neighborhoods that are immediately surrounding the abortion facility that we're targeting in that city. And we were in Denver and one of the best pregnancy centers in the country was is right across the street from the Denver Planned Parenthood. I mean, they do everything full gamut Um, and no one knew. I only talked to one person the entire day that the pregnancy center was there. But everybody I talked to, and surprisingly, I talked to a lot of people. It was like a beautiful Saturday afternoon in Denver in May. So everybody was out doing yard work. Um, I was kind of hoping like there was less people. So I have to have less uh, <laughs> awkward conversations. Um, yeah, you try to walk up to someone's door and be like, I want to talk to you about a really difficult subject when you uh-huh. are, you know, you know, making food for your kids or doing yard work. But um, no, everybody knew the Planned Parenthood existed. They all knew it was right there. Right. But nobody knew the pregnancy center was there. Well, that's um, been that's the challenge. That's, that's been the challenge that's plagued us for a while, uh, for for decades. Know. You know that that ability. We certainly don't have the billion dollars that the Planned Parenthood gets from the federal government to make that <laughs> happen. And I know that there are a lot of folks that are trying to do it. You know, we've run into some challenges with Google. Uh, yes, kind you of have. Ban- you know, banning our ads on abortion pill. Re- reversal. So it's, it's a bit of an uphill slog, but you're right. We need to get more. And I'm grateful that students for life is doing that uh, like one door at a time, one, one mm-hmm. person at a time. We appreciate yeah. the great effort that that is and what it hopefully uh, what it will mean for uh, public awareness for the, the mindset of the country to change. Mm-hmm. Cause it's going to take all of that. All of that is going to, going to be necessary to really have this uh, vision, which I know you have in your heart that we have a pro-life free or we have an abortion free uh, America. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully that goes beyond. I do know, by the way, um, I, w- one of our affiliates in, um, in Romania was the students for life uh, leader of her of her country, and I just feel mm-hmm. like like uh, you've inspired many people, not just in the U.S. but around the globe. So thank you, Kristen. Occasionally, for doing that. I find our stuff like translated to other like Polish, and I was like, great. <laughs> uh huh. That's awesome. Well, any last thoughts you have for uh, our pregnancy help aud- audience? 
Well, I just want to encourage you all. I mean, this fight's coming to your doorstep. It's already been at your doorstep, but now everyone knows it's really at your doorstep. And I know, um, you know, in Texas, for example, the pregnancy help centers, the, the thing we were hearing was they were flooded uh, with requests for help. And thankfully, then they were flooded with people who are willing to volunteer, which is great and also caused probably a, a lot of other problems, a bunch of new volunteers coming in. Um, but, you know, we're with you. We're standing with you every step of the way at Students for Life. And we are so excited to be kind of entering this next phase in this battle uh, to protect life and uh, see life protected in, in law. Um, so we are really excited to work with you and don't be uh, afraid to ever hesitate, you know, reach out to Students for Life, our national office. Um, you can just email info at studentsforlife.org or um, you can actually get in contact with your regional coordinator at Students for Life, even if you don't know who they are. We've got your region covered. Uh, just email your state name at studentsforlife.org and it goes right to them. Beautiful. That's uh, there's I, I can't say enough about the what Students for Life has done. I can't. I think we're in the position we are with Dobbs, in in due to some part to Students for Life and the courageous vision. This uh, the the idea that you've just really pushed out there that this is the pro life generation. All, those things I think have taken root and given us footholds for major gains this year. So I'm very excited for that. Thank you, Kristen. You are amazing. I have to say it again. You are amazing, Darrell. <laughs> thank you, Kristen. God bless you. All right. Thank you both. And uh, if you're interested in Students for Life, um, maybe pass this episode along to a student that you know that might be interested in joining or starting a chapter. Thanks to our listeners for spending some time with us. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast. <laughs>